Welcome to episode 57 of the Self-Care 101 podcast, helping you to crush overwhelm, stay focused and live better with your host, Pooja McClymont. Thank you so much for listening today. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to discover hobbies as an adult and the benefits of having a hobby as an adult. Now, when we're young, it's easy for us to have hobbies. They're usually suggested by our parents. However, as we start doing more adulting, we soon forget about our hobbies, right? Citing no time to do them. And then we fall into the spell of working, paying bills. And then basically eating and drinking become our hobbies. Now, dining out and socializing are not hobbies. They're a part of human connection, which is a basic need for our existence. So in this show, I'm going to talk about what hobbies are, how they will benefit you, and how you can start choosing which hobbies you'd like to introduce into your life. So let's get to it. So let's start with the definition of hobby. So a hobby is an activity that's done regularly in your leisure time for pleasure. That's it. It's just something you do to bring you joy. Whatever that joy is, it just brings you joy. There is no end goal. There is no achievement at the end of it. There are some hobbies that you will get a sense of achievement from completing, of course, but essentially you're not doing the hobby for the achievement. You're just doing the hobby for the sake of doing the hobby. So what kind of things constitute a hobby? Let's think about sports, arts and crafts, music. Those sorts of things are usually things that we've experienced when we were younger. We probably did netball or football or basketball or tennis or something in the sports realm at school and then may have carried it on into our adulthood. But then something happened. We might have moved. We might have changed jobs. Our jobs might have become more demanding. We may have got a partner. We may not have a partner and we're socializing all the time looking for this partner. And then we can look at arts and crafts. So painting and pottery and anything like uh, one of my clients last year, he was painting figurines, you know, and really love doing that. Amazing. And you can just go to places like Hobbycraft, pick up a like money box or something to paint. We've done it with our four-year-old and you get some paints and you create something pretty. Coloring in, you know, that's been a big, there's been a big surge in adult coloring in books because of it being a fantastic mindfulness activity. And it totally is. It's really good to do. It's really easy to do. You don't need much. And you can while away some time just doing them. And music. Did you play any instruments? Did you sing? I mean, all of these activities are super good for endorphin release. And what I'm basically noticing, and the reason for this show, is that people are struggling with doing stuff outside of work. You know, but before when we were commuting to work, there was a commute. So we would either read, email, you know, distract ourselves, do something on that commute. And then we'd get to work and we would work. And lunchtime would be maybe, you know, a few clicks on ASOS, you know, buying something nice. And then after work, you would go for drinks with work colleagues, or you might go to the gym or a wellness center and do physical exercises. And then you come home. And you cook and then maybe check emails again, social media, etc. Fall asleep. And that cycle repeats. And that's it. That's all we're doing. We're just waking up, we're going to work, we're coming home, 
the most we're doing in terms of hobby is eating, drinking and going to the gym. Now, unfortunately, all those things, eating, drinking, and going to the gym should be just a normal part of what you do. Socializing is a normal part of human existence. Gym, exercise, anything you do in terms of upping your physical game is just a basic human need, which we should be doing. Now, I was talking to a few people about what they like to do in their spare time. And a lot of them talked about traveling, of course, you know, so many of us love to travel. And they generally didn't have anything else to say. They would say that they like spending time with their friends and family, spending time with nieces and nephews, things like that. They might help the community out. But unfortunately, those aren't hobbies. Those are things that we should be doing in general all the time just to be a basic human being. So not to be a basic human being, but to basically be (laughs) human. I just heard how that sounded. You know what I mean, though. So what we're talking about when it comes to hobbies is just doing an activity in your leisure time for pleasure. And the best way that you can sort of introduce a hobby is to pick out an hour of your time that you normally spend watching Netflix or that you might spend on social media, aimless scrolling. And there you have an hour to spend a day on something that brings you joy and just joy. Now, I understand that this is quite a difficult concept to to sort of get your head around, like just to do something for the sake of doing it. And we will naturally want to know why we're doing this. What's the point of doing this? But if we don't, that's when we feel unfulfilled. That's when we don't live with some purpose. That's when we struggle with self-care. So having a hobby is probably the easiest way to tick those boxes of fulfillment, purpose, self-care, being excited about life. Now we spend probably most of our time in the logical side of our brains as adults. Once we get to that zone of I'm going to work hard, I'm going to earn lots of money, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to do that with my money. Most of us end up using the logical side of our brains where we focus on problem solving and, you know, work related tasks. Everything must have some level of goal and achievement associated with it. And we leave our creative minds behind. And there is so much wonder in the creative mind, but we need to massage it. We need to work it like a muscle. And I'll tell you something for nothing. When you're stuck with some sort of work problem or even a personal problem that seems quite logical, but you just can't find the answer, unlocking your creative mind will help you find the answer. And it's unconsciously done. So you're doing it without thinking about the problem. So let me give you an example. I was looking at thinking of ideas for the podcast. Here we go. That's an easy one. I was thinking of ideas for the podcast and I just felt like none of the ideas were any good. I couldn't think of anything that was interesting to me or that would be interesting to you. So I struggled with putting a list of ideas together recently 
And then I thought, right, do you know what? Forget it. I'm sitting here trying to think of these ideas. It's not happening. Let me just go for a walk. Let me just do other stuff, right? Other stuff that I enjoy. I enjoy reading. I enjoy listening to podcasts. I enjoy coloring in. I really enjoy coloring in. I enjoy playing with my son's (laughs) Play-Doh. I know it sounds funny, but you know what? Those things are there, so I enjoy playing them. My favorite toy of his, actually, is something called a marble run, and it's little marbles. You create this gigantic run, essentially, where you pop the marbles in and they just flow through to the end. Very satisfying. It's like one of those, you know, those videos you see on social media of like, cutting things or, you know, baking cookies and doing the icing on cookies. And they're really, really satisfying videos to watch. That's what Marble Run is for me. And when I do any of those activities I've just said, I start unlocking the creative mind. So then things start coming to me. And ironically, this week, it was pretty much that. Hobbies came to me as I was doing those things. Now, I asked my son, um, what he thought mummy liked doing. I was like, Micah, you know, what do you, what do you think mummy likes doing? What does mummy like to do? And the first thing he said to me was work. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I failed as a parent, <laughs> like, and as a coach, my gosh, my son thinks that work is more important. Now I know that work is not more important than him. And I do give him time as well. What he doesn't like is that when I'm working, he can't be with me because, you know, I'm talking to clients and a four-year-old in the middle of a client session is not really what my clients are paying for. So (laughs) he'll start to understand that as time goes on. But I do give him time limits of when I'm going to work. I always say that I'm going to work between eight and 12. And then after 12, I'm yours. We can do whatever you want to do. Obviously, as a four-year-old, he's struggling with processing that. So I'll give him a minute and I won't take on the mum guilt. But it did. It got me thinking. So I started thinking, train of thought went interesting. He thinks that all I do is work. And I thought, how can I do that? How can I show him what I like to do that's not work? So we carried on playing this marble run and obviously had lots of fun. But then it obviously got me thinking and I realized, hmm, my hobbies. I don't show him my hobbies. He hasn't seen me hobby because I generally do that in my own time when he's asleep or at school or staying at my mum's or something. And then hobbies became the topic for my podcast. I was like, yes, hobbies. And then that took me into, oh, busy for the sake of being busy. And it took me into other ideas just by spending a little bit of time. And I'm talking about, I was there for what, 10 minutes playing this marble run game. And it just started to unlock my creative mind. And then I went off on one and I've got this massive list now of show ideas. So this theory you can use yourself too with regards to hobbies. As well as that, as well as unlocking the creative mind, it allows you to start living with some purpose and fulfillment. When you're not just a slave to your jobs and your finances, and you start doing things that really just fill you up. Now, if you're feeling lonely, again, this is another way to manage your time, to do something with your time that is fulfilling to you. Now, I know there's going to be a school of people, a group of people who are thinking, yeah, I feel like a bit of a loser if, you know, I'm doing hobbies. 
but you're not. You're living life. What else are you going to do? What what else do you think life is? What what do you think life is made of? Life is made of these sorts of things, you know, apart from the things that we do for other people or the time that we spend with other people or work, the rest of life, because you have one, is spent doing things that you love to do, doing things that you enjoy without having a need for an achievement at the end of it. Now, when it comes to self-care, people are always, oh, you've got to self-care. You've got to take a long bath. You've got to light candles. You've got to meditate. You've got to do yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things really are things you should be doing anyway. Normal things. Those are easy things that you should be doing anyway, right? But having a hobby adds to that self-care routine in a way that I just, I can't even describe how powerful it will be once you do it. You will then be able to see how important your time is, how important your boundaries are, how important your self-worth is, what your values are, who's important to you, respecting each other's time. Like say you were into netball, for instance, and you found a club and you were going to netball every Saturday morning. And then your friends message you and say, oh, come to brunch Saturday you can help put a boundary into place and go, nah, I'm going to netball because that brings me joy and lifts me up and is great. I can meet you after netball, but I'm going to netball first. And all of a sudden, you're not a slave to socializing and you're not a slave to other people's whims. You are making choices based on your own life and how you want to live it. I'm currently hosting a class at House of Wisdom about purpose, how to live and work with purpose. And one of the questions I asked the class is, what makes you come alive? Now, when I asked this class a couple of weeks ago, asked this question in the class, I said, you know, what makes you come alive? Write down three things. And everybody automatically went to things that relate to other people. So spending time with my boyfriend, spending time with my family, my children, partner, et cetera. And I said, it's got nothing to do with another person. And everybody really struggled with it. It was a really tough question. Now, when I wrote the question, I didn't think it was going to be as tough as it actually was. So it was great insight for me. And it's helped me to sort of edit down things when I talk about purpose a little bit more. But it was interesting that it was such a difficult question to answer. What makes you come alive without it being related to other people? Because we do, right? We coast through life relating our life and our achievements to other people or other things, but we never just value ourselves for ourselves, who we are, what we like. Interesting, maybe for another show, but I found find that very, very interesting. So hobbies can also get you to be excited about life, excited about life rather than other people, excited about life rather than relying on other people to bring you joy. I was talking to a friend recently and I, it was just that normal chit chat. How are you doing? How are things? And she said to me, Oh, I just want something to look forward to. Like I've got nothing to look forward to. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know how to answer this without putting my coaching hat on. And she's like, Oh, just put it on, put your coaching hat on and tell me, how do I look forward to things? And I said, well, what are the things you want to look forward to? You love traveling. So that's obviously one of the things. She's like, yeah, I want to go traveling. It's like, okay. And so then I, you know, challenged her and I was like, well, you can, you can travel. 
And she's not somebody who's sort of, you know, um, vulnerable person in this environment right now or anything like that. So she can travel so long as she does it safely, etc. She doesn't live with fear. So she's, you know, she makes the right decisions and stuff. But I said, you can travel. She's like, yeah, but I can't go to everywhere I want to go. It's like, yeah, so then what are you saying? Your problem isn't that you can't travel. Your problem is that you can't travel to where you want to go. So I said, you know, okay, traveling is one thing, fine. I was like, what else? What else do you like to do? She's like, I don't know. I just want to go and I want to be with a bunch of strangers and I want to dance. I was like, okay, you could kind of do that. I know it's not the same if you did it in a virtual way or I think there's what, the house party app or something, you could do it like that. But we, anyway, we got to talking and as we were talking, I realized that actually, do you know what? It is difficult to figure out hobbies as an adult. It is difficult to know what we like to do and how we could actually do it. So there might be something useful in putting a show together. So what I've done now is I've put together a couple of ways in which you can decipher what things you like to do and how you can discover hobbies from that. Now you've got to understand if you're going to add hobbies into your life, Don't look at it as a short term. You're looking at it as a long term. This is a lifestyle change. By adding hobbies, you are helping to manage stress. You are helping to release endorphins. You are helping to learn how to be with yourself. You are learning about self-worth, self-awareness. You are putting boundaries into place. You will probably help with any perfectionism tendencies, any overthinking tendencies that you have by doing these mindful, joyful activities. And you're not going to force it. You can only do the activities. These hobbies have to be things that you enjoy doing. The moment something becomes a chore is the moment it's not pleasurable anymore. It doesn't make you come alive. So be mindful of when you put your list together, that all the things that you list down are things that you actually enjoy doing. And some of the things that you put down on this list might not be on the face of it, things that you actually want to do. So you might have to try them to see if you're happy to do them and whether they fit into your life and how you're going to make them fit into your life. So don't just say, oh, you know, I want to do some coloring in. So I'll get myself a new coloring in book. I'll get some pencils and pens. And then every Saturday morning, I'm going to do it. Again, it's great if you can assign special time to these activities, but if you can't, just leave them somewhere where you'll notice them in enough days, you know, three or four days that it will make you compelled to pick up the pencils and pens and start coloring in. It's a very interesting way of doing it, but it does work. So give that a go. So tips, here we go. Now, this is really quite interesting. What I want you to do is to start making a list before you make the list go back in time to when you were younger. Because you know, when we were younger, we were a bit more carefree, a bit more interested in doing stuff rather than working, studying, paying bills. So we were a bit more free. And list down all the things that you liked doing as a kid. Anything you liked doing, anything, and I mean anything, just write down the list. This list is not the final list. We're going to edit this list all the way down to discovering what your hobbies are. Okay, so once you've done that list of all the things that you've liked doing as a kid, 
I want you to review that list and turn it into a short list of what you might like to try again as an adult, because not all the things you enjoyed doing as a kid, you're going to want to want, you're going to want to do as an adult. And it also may be quite difficult to do, especially in our current climate. So have a look at that list and create a short list of the things that you might like to try again as an adult. Even thinking about what you've done during lockdown, like did you sort of get into baking? Did you get into gardening? Did you get into languages? Was there something else that you discovered in lockdown that you really, really enjoyed? But when the parameters were changed and we started going back to normal in inverted commas, did you stop doing those things? maybe revisit those again. Things like gardening, learning a language, oh, the baking, my gosh, the banana breads, you know, like let's explore. Are you the queen of banana breads or the king? And then once you've started to shortlist, what you need to do is seek out ways that you can do this activity. So map it out. Do you need to buy materials? Do you need to seek out local clubs? What do you need to do in order to actually manifest these hobbies into your life? So you know what that looks like, right? Because if you do need to buy equipment and stuff, you might need to save some money. You might need to plan for it. You might need to shop around, see where you can buy the stuff. If it was something related to other people in terms of a club, so like a sports activity or something, then have a look to see what's available online. If there are online communities or physical activities that you could do, have a look. Something quite important is to remember that you've got to accept that this hobby is just for you. It doesn't require adding anybody to it and that there is no achievement required. Look, you're naturally going to achieve things because every time you complete the hobby in some way, shape or form, be that mastering a piece of music on the piano or finishing a piece of art, whatever it is you do, there is still going to be that sense of achievement. But that sense of achievement doesn't go anywhere but with yourself. So all it does is build your self-worth and it builds belief in yourself that you can do something. Okay. And then you can do something without the need for any reward at the end of it. The reward is just doing something for the sake of doing it. <laughs> and then as you're doing it, it's just going to become something, an activity that you do as part of your normal day. In the same way that you brush your teeth, you're going to do 20 minutes of coloring in. In the same way that you have a shower, you're going to do an hour's netball or tennis or something, whatever, whatever it is, it will soon start to become part of your normal day and add it into your life in small increments. So don't try to go hell for leather now, right, I'm fired up. I want to do this hobby thing. Pooja's made it really clear. Let me go. Let me do it now, right now, <laughs> because chances are you won't do it. Do the, do the steps that I've just said. And then best way to start a hobby when it's a rainy day. When it's the day where you don't have anything planned and the weather is awful, so you're not compelled to want to do anything, that's the day to try out the hobby. Obviously, if it's a physical hobby that needs to be done outside, it's not going to work. So maybe look at something else. But trying a hobby on a rainy day is probably the best way of discovering how much you love it and how you can expand on it into your life. And basically, this is what will happen. Over time, the more you do this hobby in your day-to-day -day or your weekends, it will expand and you'll want to do more. You'll want to try new things. And 
because you're releasing endorphins, because you're getting joy out of something without a reward, it is so much more satisfying, so much more fulfilling. And you start filling your time, you start filling your life. And it's just a beautiful way of being. Having a hobby, it's just for you. It's just for you. It's just a way for you to be you. So I hope you guys go and discover some hobbies this week. Do let me know if you have discovered something new or something that you loved as a kid and you've now introduced it back into your life. This is what we need. This is how we get fulfilled. This is how we learn who we are. This is how we learn our values, our self-worth. This is a great way to manage stress and self-care. All the wonderful things that we all want. So give hobbies a go. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review so that other people like you can find the show. To find out more about me, you can follow me on the socials at Pooja McClymont or visit my website, PoojaMcClymont.com. Talk to you soon.